0: I'm a firm believer that communication is what sets the standard for your photography brand. It's the key in not just booking, but keeping and setting expectations for your clients. If you've ever had an unhappy client, chances are you failed in helping them with an expectation. As we start to talk about communication, what I want you to hear is that really good communication and setting expectations is what will create raving fans. Clients are going to be excited that they have to tell everyone they know to work with you. So, today we're going to talk about two major takeaways, and I'm going to teach you about how to communicate effectively and how to set expectations. Welcome to episode number 13: How to Effectively Communicate with Your Clients. You're listening to the Cameras and Coffee Podcast with Kara Haynes, a light and airy conversation about everyday life so you can listen and learn from entrepreneurs. Here's your host, photographer, educator, and mentor, Kara Haynes. This episode is brought to you by Dubzato. Dubzato is a business management solution designed to cut out the busy work, build relationships, schedule appointments, and create workflows to streamline your booking process. Honestly, I love how easy it is to use and the flexibility that it has for a photographer. I made the switch to Dubzato two years ago, and now I can organize each client by their sessions, have the flexibility to schedule multiple appointments and workflows for each and every session. It really is a time saver, and it's what keeps me organized even in the busiest of seasons. If you want to get started or make the switch, you can get 20% off your first year with the code Credit. That's K-A-R-A-H-A-N-E-S-C-R-E-D-I-T. Hey, 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 welcome to a brand new episode. And today I'm going to talk to you about a topic I'm very passionate about, Communication. It's interesting to think that a lot of conflicts in life could have been avoided if communication was handled differently. I spent a lot of time looking at different forums and reading stories upon stories that just need a little help in better communicating. I'll admit, in a photography business, this can be a little tricky because sometimes it just takes experience. This is where I'm coming in today. I'm sharing what I learned in my 10 plus years of experience, and if you're new or just need a refresher, welcome. As we get started, I think it's important to really start with an exercise. I know, I know. It might seem a little elementary, but just hang in there for a second. This is probably going to be one of the most important exercises you can do for your business to ensure that you're getting booked. So I hope this will at least convince you. Right now, I want you to pause this episode, grab a pen and a paper and practice this exercise. If you're not able to do this now, then make a mental note to do it later. What you're going to do is take a couple minutes or maybe more, and you're going to write each step in what it takes to get in touch with you as a potential client. I want you to number them from one to however many it takes. Number one, you're going to start your list where someone might find you, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, an ad, a referral, Google, whatever it might be. Make this your number one. Then number two and so on, you're going to list everything they have to do to click, read, Fill out in order to access what services you offer and continue numbering your page all the way to the point where they've decided to book you. I'm going to give you an example. So, let's say someone has a junior in high school and they're starting to think about senior pictures. Someone says to them, Oh, hey, I know a girl. Her name's Kara Haynes and she does senior pictures. What is the process when they hear your name to finding your website, to selecting their packages, signing that contract, and paying an invoice? How much risk is there in the process? from us overcomplicating things. Think about that. How can we streamline this? How easy is it from when they get to your website to filling out that contact form? I'll admit I've been bad at this in the past and ultimately this is something I have changed over time multiple times. If I find I'm not getting very many clients, I'll usually make this less complicated and easy to fill out. If I find that I have a lot of inquiries and I can't take them all, I'll add a lot more questions so that I'm only getting serious inquiries that really want to book me. I do suggest though, if you're just getting started, make this as easy as possible. Now, once you get their inquiry, how quickly are you responding to their email? Now it doesn't mean that you have to just be on your phone or your computer all the time answering emails, but think about is there an automatic response that sends them information that says, hey, I'm Kara Haynes. Thank you for your inquiry form. I can't wait to talk with you. I will answer your email or your inquiry in da 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 amount of days and let them know how long it takes to hear back from you, etc. A lot of times there's speculation as to whether or not to list your prices on your website. And if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you'll find that I'm not about comparing myself to so-and-so um, in my community or whatever, as far as self-worth and value, it really depends on so many factors. These factors could be, do you want to make this process simpler and list them on your website? Am I in demand, but people are ghosting me after they get my prices for me. Maybe then it's time to start listing them. So you can sort through those people ahead of time who aren't that serious about your services. They just want to know what your pricing is. As you go through this process, start thinking about how many clicks it takes in order to get in touch with you. So if you're talking about your website, think about that. Now, if you listen to the ad at the beginning of this episode, you heard about Dubzado. And that's what I use for my client management system. I'm a firm believer in workflows. I do want to have a personal connection. So, at this time, I'm having potential clients ask questions and I'm getting back to them individually before they book. If I start getting a lot of the same questions, though, then I start to either A, make sure this question's answered on my website, or B, have a canned email response ready to go so that I can get back to them as soon as possible by just clicking that and sending it out. So, I really do love using Dibzato because I can create workflows that basically walk my clients through everything and use that so that I'm not having to remember to send emails reminding them of things. And it also sends me tasks. So I've set up things where it tells me, oh, this needs to be done such and such amount of days before your session and so on. And it just helps my clients so they don't feel ignored when I get really busy. If this is something you can use more of, I would suggest looking into a management system that works for you and figure out what you like best. There's so many out there, and I've tried a couple, but honestly, each time I keep coming back to Dubsado. Okay, pencils down. How does your list look? This is also a great tool to ask someone to go through the step-by-step process just for fun so you can kind of see that. So if you're struggling to know or you don't even have it yet... That's something you can do is have someone go through your step-by-step process and see what you're missing or see what you can improve on. So count how many steps you have from the moment someone hears about you all the way to the time they book you. Is it a lot? Did you know if you do the research, you can find out that it only takes just a few seconds, maybe minutes if you're lucky, for someone to stay on your website. That's crazy. So when someone comes to your main page, you might only have just a few mere seconds before they give up and move on. So think about on your website what you're doing to connect and make things as easy as possible to know and minimize the risk of losing ideal clients think about on your website, are you letting them know your process? Are you gaining their trust? So are you educating them over time and letting them know that you do know what you're doing? Do they know how often you check your email? Do you answer texts? What is your preferred method of contact? If you go back and listen to that episode seven, you can hear what is important to add on that website to create connection and build trust to your potential clients. So I highly recommend going back to that episode think about what kind of educational experience you're giving your clients prior to your session as well. Are you letting them know how often they'll hear from you? Do you give them suggestions on what to wear during their session? These are all things to consider in your process. And I always am a firm believer in the power of three. So think about how often you're letting them know about things for their session. So If you're telling them, oh, we're going to meet at this time, at this location, how many times have you told them that? Did you just tell them once? Are you letting them know several times that you can't wait to see them at that session time? Think about how soon in advance they've booked you. If it's been months, you probably should be following up regularly as far as prior to your session, not waiting till like days before your session, because they're going to be wondering, are you still planning on them? If you really struggle to know what to say in your emails, I've actually created a free template that you can use. And in the show notes, you can find those. You just go in and you can see all the email templates that I use for my basic communication for a session. So that's a free resource for you to use. Okay. So let's say you booked a client after going through your process. You've got it figured out. What are you doing to set up your client for success? Are you expecting them to go back to your website and find things they need to do before they meet you? In my experience, this is not effective. And again, this goes to the power of three. I end up sending several reminders and it's funny because even when I send emails, and this is especially true of my seniors, they'll end up texting me asking, what's the address? Where are we meeting? And it's fine on the day of, I have no problem with this. And I communicate this at that. They can text me if they get lost or need to know information. But after the session, I usually bring all my communication back to the email so they aren't texting me all hours of the night all the time. I don't want to be on my phone that often. Some people will ask, how do you do this? And it's simple. Let's say I get a text late at night and I don't respond. It's not urgent. The session has happened already. There's not anything that is super urgent. And honestly, this comes back to the communication point. Have you told them? how long it will be. So in the power of three, you've told them in your contract, probably, did you tell them before you left their session? It's kind of funny because sometimes you'll get texts before you even leave the parking lot asking, when will they be ready? And so on. Just think about how often you're communicating this But again, it's not urgent, so I'm not answering my texts late at night, and my husband will definitely keep me upholded to this. However, I will then email them the next business day, and then I can follow up in the text saying, hey, I just emailed you. Feel free to check that out, and if you have further questions, just let me know. This then sets the expectation that I'd like to be emailed instead. Okay, so let's rewind a little bit and discuss communication during your session. I feel like this can be overlooked and very stressful to those who are just starting off and don't have as much experience, but let's talk about what you're going to do during your session to communicate because this can be also very important in setting you up for success and creating raving fans, right? So I'd first like to say I'm very conscious about talking and keeping moments of silence. I don't try to dominate conversations, but I'm a firm believer in the five second rule. And no, I'm not talking about dropping food on the ground and then finding out how long it takes to eat it. Rather, I'm talking about the moments from when I tell my client to pose a certain way to when I start talking again. Here's an example. Let's say my clients are Brian and Christy. I'll go through this scenario with you. Hey, guys, I'm going to have both of you face each other, point your toes at each other. You're going to go chest to chest. That's great. Christy, you can wrap your hands around Brian's neck. Brian, you can take your hands and wrap them around Christie's waist. Then I'm going to have Brian just come in and give a little kiss on Christie's forehead. That's great. Then I set up my camera. Okay, guys. And I'm going to back up. And let's think about that time from when I back up to when I start taking the picture to when I'm done. I'm going to give you five seconds of silence, okay? So let's say, that's great. Put your hands around Christie's waist. Okay. Does that feel like the most awkward amount of silence? Yes. And sometimes when you're the clients, this can seem like the longest time ever. They're going to start thinking, "Um, are we done? Do we hold this? How long do we keep kissing each other? Sometimes they're going to just relax because they're going to feel uncomfortable. And then it just, it's just completely awkward. And then they're going to leave their session thinking, wow, this was so awkward. I have no idea how these photos are going to turn out. I'm not very good at posing. So now let's turn this around and add some praise to fill that silence. So I'm going to give you that scenario. So I get Christy and Brian set up and I go over there and I say, yep, Brian, go ahead and wrap your hands around Christy's waist. Great. That looks so good. All right. Hold it right there. I'm going to back up. I'm going to get my camera ready. Okay. I promise this is going to be good. Now, if you have to make an adjustment in your camera, guys, then just say that's what you're doing. So I'm just going to say, okay, great. That's so good. Okay. Hold it right there. I'm going to make a slight adjustment just to make this just a little bit more perfect. Oh my gosh, you guys don't move. This is so perfect. Okay. Now you can relax. Think about all that you did explaining. It's just affirming, you know what you're doing. It's letting them know that they look great and then they don't move. By filling that silence, you can build confidence in your clients and they know what you're doing. Even if the position is just a little bit odd and they're a little uncomfortable, they're going to hold it there because they think that you know that that looks great and they're going to build that confidence. Now, think about it. Did I lie Was it good? Maybe, maybe not, but they'll never know. And the clients will feel comfortable no matter what. Now I'm a firm believer in never telling your clients they're doing something wrong. So this is something that I have experienced in the past and I cringe every time I think about how my clients probably have felt. And there's been times where I've heard other photographers do this. And these are some examples. They might say, oh, that looks weird. Let's not do that. Let's do this instead. That's just going to take the wind right out of their sails, right? And then they're going to be like, oh, I'm not very good at this. And then they're going to be self-conscious about that the rest of the session. Instead, think about ways you could say it differently. So some way you could do this is, you know what? Let's try this. I think it'll make it even better. And if you don't like it, we can delete it. But just trust me, you're going to love this. Simple as that. Instead of saying, oh, that looks weird. <laughs> and sometimes it takes practice in knowing how to do that because when you first get starting started out, You get nervous about your settings, you start wondering if it looks good, and then you start fiddling, and then it just gets super awkward silence, and then you get frustrated, and then you start saying things. This is especially true if you are photographing families and you have kids running around. I suggest not starting with kids because that's when you need to have your settings perfect. I just encourage you, try this at your next session, and you'll find that your clients start having fun. So after your session, I want you to start thinking about what your follow-up looks like. I love giving my clients thank you emails after the session, and then I follow up with the expectations of their gallery delivery. So like I said, in powers of three, their contract will say when their gallery should be expected. I usually tell them before they leave their session when they should expect it. And then I follow up with a thank you email and I say it again. I've noticed a lot of photographers won't do this and then they start complaining on Facebook forums that their clients keep texting and emailing them asking when their gallery will be ready. And all of it could have been avoided by simply communicating this to them in a couple of different ways so that they know when it'll be expected. You can't expect them to remember something they read weeks ago when they booked a session with you, right? I'm a firm believer in over communicating because chances are your client missed this piece of information. So in my thank you email, I just schedule it out in Dubsado to be a couple hours afterwards. And then I tell them to expect their sneak peek or I end up going home right after the session and I'll throw it in that thank you email. If I'm able to do that, it's not always the case, but sometimes I will. And then it just keeps them from waiting. Now, even though we're effectively communicating with our clients, that doesn't mean we won't have sticky situations sometimes. I'm going to talk about some scenarios and ways that you can handle them. So sometimes I get clients that just don't feel confident during their session. And a lot of times it's not because of us photographers. So just remember that it really is just the insecurities of the client. Sometimes you'll get emails where they're asking for a lot of retouching. And I'm a firm believer that I should always present to them the way to help them feel their best. This is a way I usually respond to a request like that. So here's my email example. Oh, I completely understand that you need for some fine tuning on a few images. I usually charge X amount of dollars for each additional retouch, but I would love to retouch five free images for you. I recommend selecting those images that you want to be printing and displaying. Just tag those images in your favorites in your gallery, and I'll be sure to add those additional edits for you ASAP. Just let me know when they are tagged and waiting for me. However, if you have quite a few edits that exceed those five that I'm gifting you, I can put you in touch with a professional retouching service. Or you can say, if you have quite a few edits that exceed the five that I'm giving you, they cost X amount of dollars per image. Simple as that. Sometimes you'll get clients that want to know if they can have a discount or if you're running special promos and stuff like that. And in the past, I've had clients that I've had from years and years ago that were with me when I first got started. And then they're wondering why my prices are so expensive. So I respond to those emails like this. First off, I just want to thank you for your interest in my photography again, or for the first time. I'm so thankful and grateful our paths have crossed and even more excited for you as you plan your session. Trust me, I know how much work goes into planning the perfect images to display in your home. Talking about finances can always be a very difficult conversation to navigate and I totally understand. I have to consider that for myself too. At this point, my business has grown to the point where I cannot offer discounts to my clients. I have to raise my prices over the years to keep up with supply and demand while ensuring each client is getting an experience that is worth every penny. I would absolutely love the opportunity to work with you, but if your budget doesn't allow for that, I would love to assist you in finding a great photographer who will fit into your consideration. Or if you're interested, I do provide payment plans leading up to your session as well. Please let me know if you'd like my personal recommendations if it doesn't work out. It's super simple like that, keeping that rapport with your past clients or people that are finding you for the first time. And chances are they may even want to wait until they have the means to do it. So don't just discard people who are asking for discounts because chances are they have to have you and it just takes a little time. So going back to that process for your clients, I found that hand-holding, for lack of a better term, is what can really set you apart from other photographers. It's all about your customer service and how you handle it. This is something a lot of my colleagues say they don't want to do, and it's best to set up your business and workflows to help you with this so you aren't doing this a ton. However, it's possible you'll have clients that need additional help and are not very tech savvy. I've had a few in the past. These are the clients that will rave about you, honestly, in the end. And I put it like this. Think about when you go to a department store, okay? You're looking for something and you can't find it, and so you go up to an employee to help you find something. What is going to make you feel best in this scenario? A, someone that says, oh, yes, you can find it in aisle five or somewhere near there. Or is it option B? Oh, follow me. Let's see where we can find it over here. And then takes you to that area and helps you search and find it. I think we all know that B is better, right? So it all comes down to that customer service of helping that person find things. And sometimes they won't purchase things and that's fine but they're going to be the ones that really start giving the referrals to you. If there's anything you can take away from this episode is that giving your potential clients the best service is really setting you apart from the rest. It all comes down to great communication and setting clear expectations. I hope you have learned some valuable content so that you can use this in your own business. If you'd like to continue this conversation, I want to invite you to our private Facebook group, Cameras and Coffee Insiders. You can find the link in the show notes. But until next time, my friends, cheers. Thanks for listening to the Cameras and Coffee podcast. Check out the show notes for this episode at karahanesphotography.com podcast. That's K-A-R-A-H-A-N-E-S photography.com podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.